0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Today we are in Proverbs chapter 2, the second half of that. We will begin in verse 12. I think it's important for us to understand that in the, in the original language, this is one single, chapter 2 is one single uh, speech from the Father to the Son. Um, and yet it just has so much in it that we have divided it into two. But it's important for us to remember that this flows on from the previous passage um, that we talked about last week. And so this week we will begin in chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus, you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Let us pray. Our God and Father, help us to hear the words that you are teaching us today so that we may take them and apply them to our lives in a way that shows we seek to walk in the path of the wise. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Last week, as we discussed the first half of this passage, we talked about the conditions that we must accept and store up the commands that God has given us. We must pray for insight and understanding, and we must diligently search for the treasures that God has given us in his word. And that if we do those things, what will happen is that God will give us the wisdom and understanding of the fear of him. And he will give us wisdom from his mouth to walk the path, to guard us on the path that he has given us, that he had called us to walk and will see us to the end. will see us to that appointed end where we meet him in the new heavens and the new earth. And today, as we begin to look at the second half of this passage, I want us to consider first a poem. In 1916, Robert Frost wrote a poem that many of us are very familiar with, or at least familiar with the last stanza of it. It's called The Road Not Taken. And Frost writes this, he says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood and sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long, I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then then took the other as just as fair. And having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear, Though as for the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves. No step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way. I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Well, Frost is walking about or is writing about walking through a wood and coming to a fork in the pathway and trying to figure out which way he wants to go. And they they both seem to be equally uh, beautiful in their path. This is more than just a a poem about a man walking through the woods. This is a poem about life. And it's about the fact that oftentimes we have to take choices in the paths we walk. And that sometimes we think, well, I'll walk a little way down this path. And if I don't like it, I'll come back and try the other. And yet the reality, Frost says, is once we start on a path, a path leads to another path and to another path. And in reality, we never have the chance to come back and try the different path. And so he chooses one and he walks on and it does make a difference in his life. But he's still quite unsure about how much of a difference it has made because he has chosen one path over the other. And while Frost's paths are equal, the paths that we are presented with here in the book of Proverbs are not And wisdom offers us deliverance from these paths. Specifically, wisdom offers us deliverance from the willfully wicked paths and from the wickedly fleshly paths. First off, it offers us deliverance from the willfully wicked paths. He opens up here by saying wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. The ways there is a word that that denotes a pathway or a roadway that we are walking down. And we do have a choice in our life between walking the paths of wisdom or the paths of wicked men, the willfully wicked paths. Who are these wicked men that he is talking about? Verse 13 gives us the best description in this particular passage of the wicked men. They are men who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways. They are men who have been taught the ways of wisdom. They are men who have heard the teachings of the father, the ways to fear God, the knowledge of God, the knowledge to have a relationship with him and to walk in such a way that brings him honor and glory and have willfully chosen to turn their back on the smooth paths, on the straight paths, on the wise paths and to walk on dark paths. Now, the darkness there is not only the darkness of a lack of light. It's not walking through the woods at night, not knowing for sure whether you are going, although that picture is there as well. These are paths that are deceitfully wicked and their wickedness is hidden to those who are enticed to walk along them. Wickedness is often grasped in hiding. The wicked way of life is often pursued in darkness. Think about the sins that you struggle with, brothers and sisters. Are you proud of them? Do you pursue them in the light? Or do you hope that nobody notices as you are engaging in those sins? You pursue them in the dark places. We went through I went through some child protection training a few weeks ago over why it's important to have uh, child protection policies within the church. And that's something we'll be working on moving forward. And one of the things that was pounded into us is always put yourself in visible places when you're dealing with anybody within the church. Whenever you're dealing with anybody in your life, always make sure that people can see you if they happen to walk in. It's why I had a window installed in my office. So that there is no doubt in anybody's mind as to what's going on when I am here by myself. It's in the light. Everything I do is seeks to be in the light so that nobody has to worry about what I'm doing in the darkness. The wicked one is further described in the rest of this first half of the passage, verses 12 through 15. Look at some of the words that are used there. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Their words are twisted. Their words are meant to be deceitful, to seek to entice us away from the wise wise paths. Verse 13, they not only do wrong, they delight in. In doing wrong. And they rejoice in the perverseness of evil. Our call to worship today. The opening song called us to praise the Lord. To praise his name. To let the whole world bring praises to God. The wicked man who is one who gives those praises. To evil. And to the twisted ways of their paths. Wicked men are ones who walk crooked paths and who are devious in their ways. They take the truth of wisdom and they twist it to where it's something evil and perverse and different from what God has promised. But notice most of these words, the verbs, at least in the descriptions here. It's not ones who wake up one day and find themselves on crooked paths and dark ways. It's not men who just all of a sudden are surprised by the fact that they are in evil ways. They willfully leave the paths that they have been taught taught. They willfully walk the dark ways that they have been given. They willfully rejoice in the perverseness of evil. They willfully delight in. In doing wrong. These are words of will. These are words of volition. They are not merely wicked people. They are ones who willfully embrace the wickedness that they have been given. And we have to be careful of their paths. And wisdom gives us that care. If we were to look at Psalm 1. In fact, listen. As I read Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers, not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous for the lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish at the beginning of this in verse 1 it describes a process of moving from the blessed path to the wicked path we start by walking in the counsel of the wicked we 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 don't we just kind of come alongside somebody who is wicked and we may begin to do so in a way that has as is seeking the fruit of God. But we just kind of stroll along beside the way of the wicked. And then after we walk with them for long enough, if we are not covered by wisdom and the deliverance that wisdom offers, we begin to just kind of stand and hang out with them for a while. Instead of walking with them, we are now beginning a process of fellowship. And then the last thing it says is that they sit in the seat of mockers we embrace the fellowship of the wicked at that point and wisdom gives us the tools to deliver us from that process wisdom delivers us from the temptations and helps us to see the temptations of beginning that process of walking of standing and of sitting of turning our back on the paths of light and walking the paths of darkness we are faced with the temptation daily To turn our back on God's ways and on God's teachings. And he has given us his word, his teachings, more than just the teachings of of an earthly father. We have the wisdom of a heavenly father and the Holy Spirit to teach us that wisdom, to to make it part of our lives so that we might be delivered from the paths of the evil one. The dark paths, the paths that are willfully wicked. Secondly, wisdom delivers us, saves us from wickedly fleshly paths. We are introduced to another character in the book of Solomon's wisdom here. That is the adulterous woman or the strange woman, literally. Verse 16 through 19 says it, it is wisdom will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. The adulteress here is one who uses deceptive words in order to seduce the young man away from the paths of wisdom and to walk her paths. She is an oath breaker, She is one who has not only violated her oath to her husband, but she has violated her oath, her covenant before God. As an aside, I think it's important for us to understand here. There's always three parties to a wedding. There's always three parties to a marriage. There's the husband, there's the wife, and there's God. When we make a covenant union to be married, we are making a covenant with God now. Because sin has entered the world, because God understands the heart of man, he has made provisions for that covenant to be dissolved in very, very rare circumstances. But it's important for us to understand that the adulteress here is one who has turned her back upon her covenant, not only with her husband, but with God. Now, she is one whose words are twisted that she uses to seduce She is one who has violated her covenant before God. And she is also one that we must be careful not to lay all wickedness in the world at the feet of women. Now, unfortunately, in the church throughout the history of the church, people have made that mistake, that false application of these words. But we must remember that Proverbs are like parables and the characters in them are symbolic They are metaphorical. What the father is talking to his son about here is the pursuit of sinful sexual pleasures. Now, there's a narrow interpretation that, yes, there are people out there who seduce other people to violate their marriage vows, to violate God's laws of sexuality. But the wider application to this is that all types of sexual sin are a great danger to the walk of the Christian Pornography, lust, adultery, sex outside of marriage. All of those things are things in our world that are there to entice us away from God's wisdom to God's righteous path. Jesus took these things so seriously that in Matthew chapter five, verses twenty seven through thirty, he said it's better to enter heaven maimed than to go to hell whole. Does your eye cause you to sin? Pluck it out. Does your hand cause you to sin? Cut it off. Now, those are extreme measures, and there are other measures to take before you get there. Believe me, there are a whole lot of other measures to take before you get there. If you struggle with online pornography, maybe you need to cancel your Internet. Chuck your computer out the window, maybe off Coleman Cliff even, so that you're not tempted to go pick it back up again. Whatever it takes, whatever extreme measure it takes to avoid sexual sin, we as Christians must take it because it is better for us to enter heaven, never having checked an email, never having watched a Facebook post or a YouTube video, never having engaged in computer entertainment than it is to enter hell completely whole. And where does this wickedly fleshly path lead? He says it leads to death. It says her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. I've read an article before and actually more articles are coming out. There was an interview the other night on a NPR program called On Point about the Harvey Weinstein conviction. And the lady was very... Happy that he had been convicted, she started one of the the legal funds that helps women who are victims of sexual abuse to pursue legal action against their uh, their perpetrators. And she was asked by the interviewer, do you see anything wrong moving forward? What what is causing the biggest problems in this area as we move forward as a culture? And she said, it's just getting worse because people reach a certain level and they get bored with it, so they move on to the next one. And then they get bored with it and they move on to the next one until there's a point where there is no more enjoyment in any of this for anybody, and it just leads to more and more degradation, more and more violence. Sexual sin leads us to an earthly death, not just through diseases. Not just through the difficulties of that. The the health issues. But there's a death in our soul. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 6? Whenever you join yourself to somebody. There is a little piece of you. A little piece of your soul that is ripped away. And joined to that person forever. If we continue to do that. Whether it's through Actual physical interaction with somebody who is not our spouse or whether it's through pornography online, we give up a little bit of ourselves. We die a little bit in a sinful way every time we engage in those things. And it leads us to death. So the fleshly wisdom protects us from the willfully wicked paths. And it protects us as well from from the fleshly, excuse me, wickedly fleshly paths. But it's not just a physical death. That these paths lead us to that wisdom saves us from the last three verses, verses 20 through 22. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Just like the father did in chapter one, he reminds us again that there is more to the choice between the paths of wisdom and the paths of wickedness than just physical death or physical life. When he talks about walking in the way of good and keeping to the paths of righteousness and the upright living in the land, what he is talking about there. It's not just living in the promised land. It's a life of prosperity and reconciliation. Walking in wisdom leads us to a reconciliation with God and gives us that life that Jesus said was life more abundant. It reminds us that the paths that we walk, while they have an earthly end, they are moving toward a heavenly goal. And if we want to be assured Of the fact that we will reach that heavenly goal. We must walk in wisdom. We must walk in the ways that the father teaches us. We must seek wisdom so that it will deliver us from the paths that lead to a death, a death that is separation from God, a death that, as we talked about in Sunday school today, is described by Jesus multiple times. As being marked by wailing, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. But the reality is, brothers and sisters, I do. You do. We want to walk the wicked paths. We want to turn our back on the paths of wisdom. But thanks be to God that one was sent to earth. Who is called the wisdom of God and who has walked the perfectly wise path so that we might have salvation so that we may be saved from the willfully wicked and from the wickedly fleshly paths that are set before us every moment of every day by the tempter, by the devil. Brothers and sisters, will you hear the call of wisdom? Will you allow it to save you from the paths that will make a horrible difference in your life and call you to the path that will make a glorious difference for eternity for you? Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we do thank you for the teaching, for the wisdom that you have given to us. And we thank you for the fact that a relationship with you through Jesus Christ will deliver us from the death that awaits those at the end of the wicked paths. Remind us to seek day by day to walk in your wisdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.